This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call on Friday, November, November 11th, 2022. And um, I think... <sighs> I think I can uh, put it. Uh, I think I'll, I put it in a good way. Actually, on slide two uh, in today's slide deck. Uh, wow, I mean, the world is really celebrating like there is no tomorrow, and now everything is just going back to normal. Uh, what a move you have! You had the Nasdaq 100 futures up seven and a half percent, S and P 500 up five point seven percent. You had uh, dollar yen plunging three point eight percent, copper up two point six percent. You had a thirty. I would say only, but you had a 30 basis point uh, move down in the U.S. 10-year yield. You had the terminal rate, at least uh, if you take the May contract or June contract, um, pricing that below 5% again. Um, and it's always due to an inflation report for the U.S. in October showing that the headline and the core, the core inflation figures month on month were lower than estimated. And, and, and there are good news in that uh, inflation report, but... And now I'm actually um, banging my head right now because Here comes the uh, devil's advocate. Yeah, because I I actually missed the uh, I I should have put it into the slide there. You know what? I I will um, I will actually do it. So it will be uh, on um, on slide three. You can see it's a it's a chart I did from yesterday's uh, update on the inflation figure. And if you drill into some of the subcomponents, I think the the thing that is going on in inflation right now is that you have the goods inflation and you have the services inflation. And the goods inflation is clearly is coming down. You have a you have an easing as well from the energy markets and some commodity markets. But if you look at the services excluding energy, it's roughly 60% of the US CPI basket. That printed 0.5% month-on-month gain. The six-month average, and hold 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 on here, the six-month average is still at around 0.6 month-on-month, and it has been there now steadily for five straight months. So the services sector of the economy is right now at a run rate on inflation annualized a little bit above 7%. And we had a conversation on our internal call. Uh, Shao pointed out that, you know, isn't you seeing a lot of layoffs and maybe the labor market is not as tight as 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 you maybe think. And it's a good it's a good conversation to have because, you know, LinkedIn had a shout out the other day showing that eh, maybe it's not as tight, but then everyone, and I, I think that's correct, you know, there's a bias in the LinkedIn data uh, because it's white collar workers and uh, there's, a, there's a tilt towards technology workers. And that's right. The labor market is definitely worsening in the technology sector, but that was also where all the excesses were uh, leading into the pandemic and during the pandemic. I think if you look at the blue collar workers and in just in the lower half of the income distribution, there's still enormous tightness around truck drivers, um, construction workers, still uh, you know workers at restaurants, etc. I mean, it's it's still a tight labor market. But coming back to markets. So we had this uh, massive move across market. A lot of you know stops, of course, taken out. Uh, we could see that here at Saxo as well. The Hang Seng index uh, this morning was rallying 7.7%, the biggest month overall since 1999. You have these headlines coming in that the Chinese government is uh, shortened quarantines. They are making new rules and that are overall easing COVID. So, and this is actually coming back to the markets order because so the 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 move you had. The, move, the moves across all markets you had yesterday, according to Goldman, led to the single biggest easing of financial condition in a single day ever in their in their index, right? Yeah. 
And now we have China coming back online, which is also inflationary. This is not what the Fed wants, and um, I, I, I don't. I, I think this is it. We're celebrating this uh, this move, but I think uh, it's just one data point. And yeah, you you also have the big moves in, in dollar. Exactly, yeah, exactly, Peter. And, and uh, so I think it's it's caution is probably the best uh, best word to use this morning because uh, we've had one data print uh, showing that we are potentially getting close to a, a rollover, but we may not be there that be there yet. So I think probably from a more sticky perspective. Perspective. The, uh, the as Peter mentioned, the news overnight that China is lifting some of its COVID restrictions at a time where cases are actually surging. Uh, I think in Beijing it reached the highest level since early this year, and um, and that it basically just highlight the the Chinese economy, the Chinese government is coming around to the fact that they cannot continue to uh, to have these very strict uh, strict lockdowns because it's simply not uh, good for the economic outlook. So, so this is having a, a pro- quite a profound impact on some of the commodities uh, this morning. But let's just take a start off with the just take a look at the dollar because. The dollar is the driver of everything still, um, especially in the commodity market, especially in the metal space. Um, on slide six, I put in the uh, the, the Bloomberg dollar index and just the CPI re- reaction, just to give an idea about where the where the movements uh, came from. And you can see the, the strength uh, against the dollar was pretty broad, but obviously led by the yen, where we're seeing this... Uh, well, we're seeing this yield gap were narrowing, and that basically led to, uh, you mentioned uh, a big uh, historic move in, in the Hang Seng. We actually had the biggest fall in dollar yen since 1998 yesterday, and we are back down to touching the uh, key area just around that 141 area where we've been hovering now so, since yesterday. But uh, it, it really is a potential key development there that we could see uh, some, some additional dollar weakness. But... Let me just um, take to on to um, to the metal space because uh, on slide eight I put in the um, gold and the dollar index which I just highlighted and you can see how gold recently has been recovering very nicely supported by this uh, this dollar weakness. Um, same time as well, uh, I also put in the copper price. We can see we've broken above that uh, previous highs three seventy eight uh, overnight, and that basically brings us pretty close to that four dollar level. A four dollar just like. Uh, I've been highlighting in gold that 1735 potentially was a, a signal of the of an end to the downtrend. Then I think four dollar in in copper is equally important. So that's the one we really need to keep an eye on for for the for the overall sentiment in the metal industrial metal space to change. But we're obviously getting pretty close to that right now. So the dollar is the main driver. Uh, going back just to specifically look at gold on slide seven. <clears throat> As you can see, we got the 1735 level that we took out yesterday. Uh, we have uh, extended that gain, uh, those gains overnight. But as you can see as well from the the, the, the sell-off that we had since March has been so severe that we haven't even retraced back to the uh, 38.2%. So uh, 1788 will be the next key level to the upside. Is this it? Well, I would like to say yes, but I'm, I'm a little bit doubt, doubtful because, as I said, this is just one data print. We need full confirmation that we are rolling over in the U.S., and for that, we need more data to come in. So in the short term, in order for gold to to outperform the dollar, i.e. basically finding a life on its own on the on the upside, we need to see speculators and ETF investors come back. And they have been sorely missing now for the past, past uh, six months at least. ETF holdings uh, has been uh, seen almost a daily continued drop uh, throughout uh, this period. And at the same time, money managers has been uh, been playing the gold market from from a short from a net short position, uh, at least up until this week. So what has been holding the hand on the market? I think there's one one that the, the arrow there point in one clear direction, and that's towards the central banks, as we probably have highlighted and uh, at least have in written updates. The uh, central banks bought 400 tons, uh, more than 400 tons during the third quarter. That was a quarter where the gold dropped 
8%, and where ETF sellers sold out of 200, more than 200 tons. So central banks are keeping a, keeping a hand on the market right now. And uh, that's really the reason why gold has not managed to fall to the extent that the real yield rise was indicating that it should fall. So uh, now we're seeing in the opposite direction, and it is forcing some uh, some change in, in, in sentiment in the market. So whether we have returned to a buy on dip instead of a sell on strength, uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, let's uh, in the short term, I could see this market drip down, drop back down and just test that uh, 1735 area for, for support. But uh, most certainly quite a significant change in the market here. All right. Um, I just want to quickly go back a little bit again because we, we didn't talk too much about uh, slide two, actually. So the NASDAQ 100, if you take the, the latest uh, cycle down from the peak back in August to the lows in October, we are right now at the 38.2 uh, retracement level and the uh, the uh, the 50% retracement level is is further up in the Nasdaq 100 uh, at 12,112-ish. So that you know, indicates a little bit less than 400 points to go from here if if that's where the market wants to, to go. Also look at the, you know, what really responded yesterday to the move. I mean, you could just see where things were most stretched. The negativity was clearly the highest in, Bubble stocks, e-commerce uh, payments, cybersecurity, semiconductors—all the the high flying, high beta stuff. So, not not an unusual move there. And I, I think the slide four, uh, I've um, I was um, reading into a Twitter into a Twitter uh, uh, thread by uh, Mip Faber and uh, one of the commentaries were from uh, uh, economic uh, pick here, and uh, he had this chart which I think was quite interesting. So, uh, if you divide the S and P five hundred um, into into days uh, uh, up and a downtrend defined whether we are above or below the two-day moving average. It's a very simple way of looking at this. Um, you, you can actually see that these very large days uh, are synonymous with the, or is coinciding with a downtrend. So the, the big question uh, right now is, is, was the move yesterday just a confirmation? Is just a coincident indicator of the environment we're in? Or is it a predictive signal of a change coming and that we're actually moving forward from here and 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 things will be all right uh, i think that's a key question and i am um, you know this market this market the past year have uh, has, has really surprised everyone uh, from time to time and so i i am um, i don't want to sound too cocky and, and confident here about what what will happen i i really want to see the price action next week but it's uh, i think it's going to be a quiet day going into the weekend on friday because um it, it i mean it, oh yeah, that's that's right. We're always pointing his finger. We need to go uh, to slide eight because uh, I was just about uh, jumping to the earnings. Uh, but we need to talk about crypto. There is um, the fallout from the FTX is just um, is still still you know rippling through the the system. And I think this morning there is news now that BlockFi, which is another exchange, is uh, is is holding back or is uh, pausing withdrawals of uh, of funds. So. Um, I don't think we can say that the uh, we have seen the last of this uh, fallout from the from the crypto industry. No, and if it only was the FTX uh, <clears throat> that we that was uh, going to run out of business, we potentially could cope. <clears throat> Excuse me, because uh, as, as one wrote on Twitter, this uh, this sixteen billion dollars that uh, that the FTX held in the customer assets it basically corresponds to a 07 percent move in the in the Apple stock, and Apple yesterday was up seven half percent. So as he said, if a fly falls off an elephant, does the elephant even notice? Uh, well, they, they may notice if we see contagion. I think that's really the the, the, the risk that we need to be aware of. That uh, these 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 uh, crypto uh, companies they are they are 
in, intertwined by by lending money to each other and and to to enforce and 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 that basically means that we probably haven't seen the last in that story yet. So 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 looking for a low in this market, looking for a bottom, I think is probably too early. Uh, just have to, if you are involved, just extremely cautious out there, the, because we may not have seen the the end of well, we haven't seen the end of that story yet. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm basically done, uh, Peter. Uh, right. So we can move to the next week to the earnings. Yeah, it's a it's a quiet earnings uh, day. As that that was my point. I think the market will just linger into the weekend on a quiet note here. The macro calendar extremely light, and also the earnings. We have had Richard Munn reporting earnings here in in European uh, early session uh, hours, and um, the Swiss-based luxury maker was just blasting estimates. Uh, they were uh, right on in terms of the or in line with uh, revenue estimates, but if you look at the operating income, they just simply blasted the estimates. Very, very strong performance among jewelry and uh, their watches categories. Impressive uh, earnings there from uh, from Richard Munn. And that has been the case in Q3. Everyone was speculating that luxury would go through a very hard, uh, tough period with you know falling asset prices and the um, the uh, the route we have seen in in, in China, but um, they just they hanging in there and they delivering very strong earnings. I've I've put in a chart as well because I actually had a conversation with a with a, with a colleague just before going into the studio, and um, he he was basically saying, uh, Peter, we we we're, we're back now. Now uh, we can look forward, and maybe the worst is over, and maybe the worst is over in terms of the impact from the from the interest rates and financial conditions. Um, it might not be the case, but it could be the case. But the, the 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 second phase and the phase that hasn't really begun yet, and the thing I'm talking about interestingly here is the the margin pressure, the lagging effect from the from the interest rates move we have seen, and and the inflationary um, impact. And and if you look at the drawdown in the forward earnings expectation versus S&P 500, this drawdown hasn't really even started yet. We we're not even down five percent on our earnings expectations. So as long as this is the case, I am. Um, I, uh, I still think there is a, there's a room for for a leg down in in, in equities uh, driven by something entirely different than the interest rate, but simply you know the the fear of a slowdown in in, in earnings. If we look ahead next week's earnings, we had uh, not so many in terms of quantity, but the 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 quality ratio to to con- quantity is quite high. Um, so already on Monday, May twin, we had new holdings, which is this Warren Buffett uh, large holding by Berkshire. It's um, it's the uh, the fastest growing t- very pure technology. Based bank in out of Brazil, uh, new bank, uh, but new holdings, a very interesting company. DD Global, the uh, Chinese equivalent of Uber Technologies, on Tuesday. Infineon Technologies, German semiconductor company, then followed up by Walmart and Home Depot on the on the consumer sectors in the US. C Limited, which is an e-commerce and gaming business with a large footprint in Asia, Southeast Asia. I should be should be specific about that. Wednesday, Tencent, the giant, the technology giant in uh, in in China, and then followed up in the US by Nvidia. Hugely important also given what's taking place right now in the crypto. I was talking to Mass, our crypto expert, and um, <clears throat> a lot of mining uh, activity has really uh, stopped. And uh, and that for sure is very a big negative impact on NVIDIA. That I saw on Twitter yesterday, someone mentioned um, one of my, 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 my big customers in the, in the, um, in the mining industry just um, put 17,000 17, GPUs on the market for sale. Um, so uh, very interesting times. And then uh, Cisco is reporting on Thursday, Siemens on industrial and industrial giant here in Europe, Alibaba on e-commerce in China, applied materials and semiconductors. And on Friday, we close off the Wii with JD.com, the equivalent in China, uh, the Amazon equivalent, I should say, uh, out of China. And if we go to the macro calendar, we um, has been a very busy morning. Uh, so we'll be apologizing for not uh, 
coming up with the calendar highlights for next week. We'll do those um, today, so they are available fresh Monday morning when we are back. And then um, we should mention that the really big event Ole, is the uh, is the G20 meeting, right? Where we just got the news this week uh, that Putin, which was supposed to have been meeting with uh, Xi Jinping at this G20 meeting and been at the meeting, has said that uh, he's not coming after all. And it comes at the time where Russia is withdrawing 40,000 troops from the uh, from the West Bank on the Dnieper River, close to Kyrgyzstan, a withdrawal there. Um, my interpretation of, of this signal is that uh, his domestic position mm-hmm. is weakening and he simply cannot not, take the risk of not being in Russia for an entire week. Not the best time to leave the country, no. And uh, at the same time, also President Xi is going to meet with Biden. So that that could, could be a very interesting, uh, interesting one as well. So a uh, lot of focus on that next week. All right. I think that's a wrap. Um, thank you for staying with us. It was a long podcast, but uh, obviously also a, a massive day yesterday. And um, we'll follow up on analysis.saxo with uh, with writings from Ole and me. And uh, John will be back on Monday. So there's plenty to chew on and, and discuss as we approach markets next week. Next week. So um, have a lovely, lovely weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening in. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email marketcall at saxobank.com. <laughs>